Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. My new book, Intergalactic Totalitarianism, is now out on Amazon Kindle and paperback. I'm currently in production of the audiobook, so you'll be the first to know when that is out as well. Um, links will be in the show notes, so check it out if you're interested. Interested. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. This episode is audio of the conversation I had with Charlie Robinson over on the Macroaggressions podcast about a week or so ago. Um, As you probably know, Charlie was the one who wrote the foreword to my new book, Intergalactic Totalitarianism. So big thanks to him for everything he's done. He showed me so much support as I was writing the book and with the podcast and everything. So I really appreciate everything he's done. So go check out his work. His links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this conversation we had and may the force be with you. Welcome to Macroaggressions. I'm your host, Charlie Robinson. If you are watching us on Iconic, Rockfin, Odyssey, YouTube, or now Band.video, oh no, look out, or you're listening wherever podcasts are served. Thank you so much. I'm excited about this episode for a variety of reasons, but uh, Conspiracy Kyle is back with us. He has a great podcast called A Conspiracy in the Force. Kyle, good to see you again. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the reason why you're back, besides your shining face, of course, is because you've written a book. And um, I got a little, I, I must confess, I got a little bit of a sneak peek on this book because you were nice enough to ask me to write the foreword to the book, which I, I enthusiastically did because of my love of Star Wars, my interest in the sorts of topics that we get into on, on, on my show, uh, my great deal of respect for you, for what you're doing, your ability to put these things together in a way that no one else is doing. I find it uh, amazing. And I'm so, and you said, I was thinking of, thinking of writing a book. And I was like, you definitely need to write a book on this because it's so, it's perfect for the book. The book's out. Let's talk yes. about it. What's going on? Yes. Tell us about the book. So the book's out and I'll put it up on the screen for anybody that's watching on video. So it's called Intergalactic Totalitarianism. It sounds like a college course. You know, maybe right. I should maybe I should go teach it. But um, the subtext is authoritarian tactics and traits in a galaxy far, far away in a galaxy not so far away. And the, the, um, Charlie, thank you so much for writing the forward. Anybody, everybody go, go check it out. There is a, I think there is a preview up there on Amazon. If you want to go, go check out part of that forward and, and some of the introduction. And, the um, link, and then the link will be in the description for yes. anyone. You don't, you, if you want to go to Amazon and you can type in conspiracy Kyle and find it, but I'm going to also put the link in the description in case you forget, or you just want to have an easy access to it. So all that stuff will be down, down below for people. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And and I'll tell you what, I really love the guy that did the cover art for this. And, and Charlie, I, I showed you a few kind of renderings of things I was looking for, yeah. but I went with something pretty simple. It's it's the Death Star destroying Earth. And right. I think that's all you, that's all I really needed to say, because the, the whole point of the book and really what it boils down to is, is things we've talked about before, things I've talked about with 
with Sam on Tim Foyle Hat and a lot of other shows is that things you see in Star Wars about how totalitarian governments act is, is almost 100% how they act in our world. Right. And things that have happened in history, things that are happening now, look at this movie, look at other sci-fi movies that have totalitarian governments, you see a lot of the same beats. And I think it's just, what I want to do is kind of line those things up to just get everybody to think like, listen, we need to learn from history, you know, history rhyme, you know, they, people say, you know, history repeats, but George Lucas always said, you know, like poetry, history rhymes, you know, and you see similar things happening time and time again. So I kind of wanted to go through the book and, and detail some of that, that stuff that we had, we had talked about in the past. So. Yeah. It's such a great, I mean, since the first time I connected with you, I've just been overly enthusiastic about this idea because I didn't, ever really see it until it to me it's the it's the it's the old the painting with all the dots where you can't see the elephant until you squint and then you see the elephant then you can always see the elephant from that mm -hmm. moment on when it came to star wars movies i loved them obviously i love the science fiction component as a kid but then you get older and you get a different version of it you get the you get this sort of thing that pixar is really great at which is having two storylines running simultaneously one that's kind of on a lower level for the kids one that's on a higher level uh for the adults and they'll laugh at you know there'll be a joke and it'll be the punchline, and the kids are laughing for one reason the adults are laughing for another reason and that's a real talent and i didn't ever realize how smart George Lucas was with his writings. And, and ultimately he didn't, I mean, he directed the first one, but, but stepped out, but he was always involved in this and having this ability to do two things at once, entertain people with a science fiction movie, which is visually stimulating and all those things, while also uh, talking about a, a very deep message in there and, what George Lucas did through, through these movies was embed, as you know, these old storylines, the, the Roman storylines in Greek mythology and all of these old things, the hero's journey and, and the Odyssey and, you know, the, these, these concepts and these stories that are ancient. And yet they're not so old that they don't apply to us. Um, right. It, you can find a way to make it apply to us, whether it's currently here or whether it's a galaxy far, far away. Uh, we see this sort of pattern, these, this overlap. And I love, I just love that we're able to, uh, I'm able to transition now from being yeah. a kid watching the movie and saying, isn't this cool? They've got TIE fighters and X-wings and all that to, to saying, oh, the Trade Federation guys. I know who they are. Wait a second. Hang on a second. There's a there's a political a political science theme running through this as well. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about. In fact, actually, first let's start start with this because you did something in this book that I think is remarkable. Uh, we've got the Hegelian dialectic, right? And David, the problem, reaction, solution. And David Ike has done a lot of work with that. He's 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 kind of re, renamed some of that totalitarian tiptoe and things like that. You took it to another level with the three C's in this, the Hegelian dialectic, but you put your own little spin on that. Well, what are the three C's? Sure. So, yeah. So I wanted to kind of take that problem reaction solution and make those words a little bit more demonstrative, right? Because problem reaction solution, we, we all know that we talk about that all the time and it's a very 
it's a very good way to, to talk about how this control mechanism system works. But, you know, as I was watching some of these, the Star Wars prequel movies specifically, everything that every time something really bad was happening in the, in the universe, people would say, this is a crisis. This is a crisis. They wouldn't say it's a problem. I'm like, you know what? So what if I just kind of changed the problem reaction solution to three other things? So, so what I changed it to for, for this, and, and it specifically works in these Star Wars prequel movies, you see this kind of template happen over and over again is you have crisis, you have a crisis, you have consent given by the people, and then you have control, you know, and, and you know this, Charlie, it always ends up in control for, right. <laughs> for, for those people in power, for those totalitarians. So, you know, a, a crisis happens, right? You know, like, like you said, this trade federation has a huge trade dispute. They, they blockade a planet, they invade a planet. It's a, it's a crisis. Um, you know, and it happens in the next movie, there's a, a civil war brewing. That's a crisis, you know, just in transition to our world, right? 9-11, that's a crisis. The COVID stuff, that's a crisis. World War II, that's a crisis. All these things are a, a catalyst to launch these next two steps. And just like in problem, reaction, solution, the crisis, consent, and control, they always want control. I mean, that's, that's obvious. And, you know, Charlie and you and everybody listening knows that. They always want control, but they have to create that crisis. And I think that the middle piece of consent um, is very important, especially right now with yeah. what's happening with, with, the medical, with the medical bullshit. Everybody has given consent. It, it's not just a reaction. It's not just saying, oh my God, something needs to happen. It's people literally saying, here, take my rights away. Yeah. I don't need them. I don't want them. Government, you know what is best. Do, do with my rights as you will. And, and then we're going to have peace and security and all this shit. And it never ends up that way. So I kind of tried to to reframe it in that context, and you can you can frame that in our world as well. The, that's that's an important part. Is that is the differentiation you made with consent as opposed to just reaction? Because a reaction could be oh wow, and then nothing behind it. Whereas consent is mm -hmm. oh wow, here let me give you the authority to do whatever you need to do during after this crisis we 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 get to a point in um and you fo mostly focused on the on the prequels right yeah so um and, and it's not to say that th that this sort of formula doesn't happen in in the star wars uh, empire strikes back return of the jedi uh, three pack or the or the last three pack as well but but you you focused on the on the early components of this and um, and what we saw in there was a was a a transformation of one of the characters from senator to chancellor to emperor. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And you start to hear. I mean, when you hear when you hear terms like chancellor. I go to Reich Chancellor, Reich Chancellor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I go yep. straight to Nazi Germany, and um, and senators. Of course, senators have been around. That's a, a Roman term. We've we've embraced that here in America. We we see this um, the transition from a from a humble senator to a, 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 a well. I guess he became a, a chancellor against his own will, a temporary right. chancellor. He said, <laughs> right. go in. And then we watched what happens as that morphs into becoming an emperor. So they're laying out in these prequel movies what happens when you allow power to go unchecked to the wrong type of person or the wrong personality traits. Let's talk about that, that transformation, the senator, chancellor, emperor um, movement. That's a fascinating one. Uh, is, it, is there any truth to the rumor that you um, 
modeled this after Mitch McConnell? Absolutely. You know, I, as I was writing this book, my computer background was just all kinds, a collage of, of Mitch McConnell. I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of him. You know, he was, he was invading my dreams. You know, I, I almost just ended up writing a book about him and scrapping this whole idea. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, and honestly, even in this book, as, as I look through it, um, I make very, very few references to even Darth Vader or um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Like your main characters of the story. Because like you mentioned, it is such a layered story that there's the battles, there's the Jedi, there's the personal stuff with Anna, Anakin. You know, Anakin also transitioned to, to a different yeah. person, to Darth Vader. But really, he was all, and we all love Darth Vader. He's one of the greatest villains of all time. I would say maybe the best. But he's still just a pawn, right? He's basically a useful idiot at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, Palpatine, to me, that's a more of a compelling story because if it weren't for him, you know, nothing would have nothing would have changed. He's the, he's the puppet. He's basically, in my opinion, he's like a one person deep state. He's like a one person Illuminati. Like, you, you know, in our world, there's this whole group of people that make sure everything happens. In, in this case, it was just him. It was just him in the dark side. We're, we're able to, to do all this stuff. So but you notice throughout this entire thing, like like you said, um, he mentions a few times like. I'm just doing this at, at the will for the will of the people. They, they chose me. They wanted me to do this, you know, in the, in the, in the middle movie, they, they grant him emergency powers. You know, we heard that before once again, against his will, he's and he, and then he, he plainly says, and and when you watch the movie, you crack up when you hear this, he's, he, he literally says, you know, I promise I will give these powers up when the crisis is over. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. You have my word on that. Yeah. And he he looks very sincere and you know, You just look at that and you go, he's such a politician. He's, you just know if you know anything. I mean, if you're a kid watching it, maybe you don't know any, any better, but if you're an adult watching it, you know, he's never giving those powers back. Never. And, and he's never giving them up for, for one of two reasons for, for one, he will make that current crisis go on or he will create a new crisis. And that's why we talk about this crisis consent control because he keeps doing this. They mention it. Um, I read the the novelizations of these of these movies to go along, which I I encourage anybody if they if they like Star Wars but don't really like the prequel movies, I, I would I would re- encourage people to go read the novelizations of those because it gives a lot more color and background to a lot of the political stuff that that goes on. Um, but he um, kind of kind of forgot where I was going with that. That's right. He he basically. Um, and even the I would say even the Jedi. You know, one of the one of the important things that that I talk about in the book is that not only are totalitarian regimes started by terrible people, but they also are allowed to exist because people do nothing to stop it. Right. You know, you have the Jedi, you have Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mace Windu, all these really powerful people who are supposed to be like these monk-like heroes, meditating, studying, understanding what's really going on, but they were as manipulated as as anyone else. And at the end of the day, they were all but two of them were dead. And the ones that survived sent, spent 20 years in exile, basically scratching their heads like, what, what, what the hell went wrong? Like, why did we not, why did we not see this happening? So it's, it's, it's one of the points of the book is that you have to understand, like, like you mentioned about David Icke, the totalitarian tiptoe. You have to understand when you start hearing politicians saying these things, like, we're just doing this to keep you safe. Listen, this is for your own good. When you hear that stuff, immediately run the other direction, right? Because it is never for it is never for your benefit, even if you think it is. So even even the people playing along with everything that's happening, especially right now, I think they're going to have a rude awakening when you know if 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 you know unfortunately if the world does have have a humongous changeover of a you know one world government, what have you, 
the people that have been playing along with this are going to be treated just like the people who were fighting against it. Great and, that's an, that, and that's another very sad thing about it as well, is that there's a side of people who know something bad is happening and don't do anything, and people who go along with it thinking that it's the right thing. In the end, both of those groups of people end up getting wiped out. And it, it, you see it in these movies, you see it in, in our world, especially, and you had brought this up to me before about, you know, the brown shirts, right? Right, yeah. They, yeah the, the, in World War II, they, they, they thought they were, they thought they had picked the side, they'd pick Hitler's side, and they, because they recognized this was where the power was flowing, and they did the bidding of the early administration, and were rewarded by being slaughtered by the SS yeah. and the yeah. and without ever seeing it coming. And the reason why they didn't see it coming was they, they, they didn't realize the game. They didn't yeah. know the game and Lucas and the writers, the people that are involved in the making of this star Wars universe, they clearly know the game. They understand how it's played. Um, there's that scene where, where um, they grant the emergency powers to to uh, Palpatine, and he and 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 um, there's that great line that she says, which is, "So this is how democracy dies to thunderous applause," and it, it it strikes me as kind of where we are right now, in a sense. Um, you see all the, or at least the summer of 2020, you would see all the people out there banging pots and pans on their balconies for clap for NHS at eight o'clock in the UK or in Europe and everything. People out there, so it's like, oh, so this is how totalitarian totalitarianism is formed to thunderous applause by by the dumbed down masses that think they're on the right side. They think they're helping. They want it. They're probably good people. They are good people. They want the, what's best, but they're being manipulated. And, and we see that this manipulation, it's not limited to, uh, it's not just movies. <laughs> it happens in real life. And I'm curious about, um, I'm just, I'm just curious about what else you, you found in the way of some sort of themes with the Star Wars world that matched up with what we've been going through with the COVID one. One of the things that you talked about is the language surrounding it. Um, there's, was there more than just language? I mean, was it, it had to have been some, some sort of actions or decrees or temporary measures or it's all for your safety or something. It seemed, it seemed, it seemed like there was a bit of overlap between the things that uh, the emperor would say and things that Emperor Fauci said. Yeah, and, and I think you even, and you don't really see, uh, see a lot of this in the movies, but like I said, in, in the novels, it, it provides a lot more context. You know, as you get into the third movie, Revenge of the Sith, there's been this three, four year war going on, right? So this war has been happening in the galaxy, back and forth, and, and Palpatine's manipulating both sides. It was never meant to, to, to end, you know, just like, just like what's going on right now, it, maybe it's never meant to end. It's just meant to uh, disorient and disable everything that's going on. And what you find out is happening is that they have this thing called the hollow net. So it's just like basically like our TV, right? Our, mm -hmm. our news channels, et cetera. And this is very interesting. They, they pump messages out to the public stating that the Republic, who's like the, the, you know, the government of the time, the Republic is losing the war. They continue to tell the people that the Republic is losing the war to the separatists, but that's, that's not the case. At any point, Palpatine can, 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 can wave his wand and, and stop the war. He can stop the droid army on the other side and just end it because he, he controls that side too. 
but the, but but people are are put in a a place of fear, right? They're put in a place place of fear of uncertainty. They're willing to do whatever is is needed needed to be done. There's even like this capital city is locked down. It's physically locked down. People are not allowed to go anywhere. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, come on, is this is this from 2020? This <laughs> is planet from Wuhan. <laughs> yeah, is this 2005? And this is crazy. But um, so so you see all that stuff happening, and then you know, once this war kind of miraculously ends, then then Palpatine decrees that hey, guess what? Well. That, that's over, but guess what? Now the Jedi are the enemies. And you know people are, are accustomed to this lifestyle of war and war and war. And now it's it switched from this um, separatist army being the bad guys to, to the Jedi being the armies. So you can kind of think, now that we're talking about this, you can kind of think about that as all these different new, this is the new variant. Oh no, th th that doesn't matter anymore. No, this is the new, this is the new thing we need to worry about. No, no, that's ISIS not- a ISIS, ISIS K, right? It's like, right. no, you can't wear a cloth mask anymore. That obviously that, why would you be wearing that? You freaking idiot. Right. We wear this. So that he continues to keep changing the game, but because people are accustomed to the game, they keep playing along and they cheer on. Unfortunately, they cheer on the slaughter of the Jedi at the end of that movie because they've been accustomed and brainwashed to what they've been fed this whole time. Yeah. We see that a lot here with, with our current situation. You, we get promised one thing and delivered something totally different. And uh, the people continue to go along with it. We, we see the boogeyman change. Um, in America, from September 11th, 2001 on, they, they quite rightly calculated that America needs a good boogeyman in order to manipulate the people to get in line to do things that would rightly be against their their own best interests like giving up their rights in the patriot act or going and invading countries that had nothing to do with you and things like that so they've found that a boogeyman works but there's only there's only so long you can use that one where it, it's got to come to an end it's got to change you've got to keep the fear fresh people can normalize people are adaptable they can mm -hmm. get used to all kinds of crazy things like bombs falling on them for years and years and years they can normalize that so you've always got to have that new invisible enemy so so it's funny that you mentioned that because it you know you've got this in the in the the books and movies you've got this this dro uh, droid army clone army um you know battling and yet it's being manipulated by both sides and like you said once one side once that war ends then it's the jedi are now the problem so it's like it's like once terrorism isn't the big thing in America anymore, it's the new invisible enemy. It's a virus that's around the corner, i.e. the Jedi that we have to worry. They're coming to get you. They might be here. You've got to be suspicious of them. But I'll tell you one thing. We need, we're going to need a little bit more. Um, we're going to need you to give up your rights. We're going to need you to, to get in line. We're going to need you to allow your planet to be mined for some substance or whatever because if you don't then we're all going to get invaded and die so it, it's it's a it's a tactic that's um you know i mean it's quite it's quite devious it's quite brilliant in a, in a in a horrible megalomaniacal sort of way but but the idea of somebody owning both sides of the fight yeah and and maintaining the fight because it's never meant it's not meant to end it's meant to be continuous <laughs> and yes using that the stress of that to wear down your enemy wear down your people wear down their will uh mm -hmm. drain them of their resources you have to be a real devious piece of shit to think like this yeah 
Yeah, and, and his one of his, I think, main purposes is what we talked about a little bit earlier is wearing down the Jedi, right? Because like yeah. the Jedi, the Jedi, in my opinion, um, the Jedi, I, I can always consider them as like an intermediary between the people and like the government, right? They're basically like, they're basically your, your, your firepower, you know, they're the ones protecting the people. So if you can get rid of that layer, you can inflict anything you want on these people. So I, I make, I make a few allusions in the book to the, to like a gun control type mechanism to try to get rid of these Jedi, because if you can get rid of them, if you kind of find a way to demonize, demonize that, boom, then you can, you can do whatever you want, inflict any, any number of horrors. And, you know, the interesting part is that, and this is something I didn't pick up on until maybe a few years ago, um, as far from a symbolic per perspective, when you watch these movies, um, and, and I, I didn't believe it until I watched it, as you watch these three prequel movies, if you watch the skyline of the main planet of, of the, the capital city of Coruscant, it slowly gets more and more cloudy and more and more dark as the movies go along. So he wow. even like, that's something that like, I had no idea until I watched like a little video of him. Like, I'm like, holy shit, that is very important. So that is very symbolic of, of cloud clouds right the clouds uncertainty the like the fog of war you know like when you talk about think hear about soldiers in, in battle have no idea which way is left which way is right that's exactly what's going on right now we're in a fog of you know an information war that's that's no that's no different and, and so many people have no idea where to go what to turn to what's right what's wrong what should they do should they go here should they, should they stay at home you know there, so there's th all of that fog and uncertainty is just um, a, a ripe, a ripe harvest for the people that want to take over more and more power. Yeah, and that's such a great catch to to notice the 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 clouds and the sky changing. This, you know, I wonder with the, the the director. I know that Hemingway used to do that in his books. I took a Hemingway class in high school, and um, we would read all his books, and and it, it was. There are all these little subtle things that you could that that meant that looked like one thing but meant something else. You know, rough seas or cloudy things. You think, oh, it's bad for the sea. Well, it's it's really it's about something going on in their head that's cloudy. So I love it when you catch that when you when you catch the directors putting in some some symbols that are maybe subconsciously connecting with the audience in in a way like, hey, you know, the picture seems a little darker a little bit more ominous the skyline seems a little bit more ominous because the times are a little bit more ominous these days and um i get the feeling like we're being stage managed in in the covid thing as well where we get we get cloudy days and cloudy days and then there'll be a ray of sunshine and then it goes back to cloudy days and they, they like there's they're 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 messing with us uh the way a director not not mess but subtly <laughs> uh pretty yeah. little 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 things in there i love that you um i love you know the authoritarian authoritarianism is like the main theme of your of the book right it's sort of like it runs through this but the mm -hmm. the traits of authoritarians that you see in these people um yeah. And not all of them have all, not all of the characters have all of the traits, but you see them running through a lot of these characters, man. It, it, it makes me feel like Lucas or whoever, you know, the, the directors of the, the prequels and everything. 
it may it makes me think that like they would probably never admit to this but during the casting process they were probably like they probably had a guy in mind and they're like i'm, I'm looking for a character that looks like this asshole this this guy i'm looking for a character that looks just like mitch mcconnell <laughs> you know i don't know why i'm picking on mitch mcconnell <laughs> yeah. today you know and some some guy's gonna walk in look enough like him and go that the fucking look on that guy's face i just don't like so i wonder about in these 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 movies with these authoritarians man i wonder if they they cast these characters or if they wrote these storylines based on on actual people that they i mean obviously there, there's yeah. there's hitler references and stalin running through all of like this the, especially like like star wars or anything like that when you see him like that idea but like I wonder who did. Did you ever pick up or notice that there are any of these characters you ever got the feeling they were like based off of someone that we would recognize? Yeah, I, I would say you know um, a big influence, a big direct influence for for Lucas was you know of course World War II, of course Vietnam, but I think also like the the Nixon administration. You know, talk about someone who got up on the podium and just lied their ass off. I mean, look at Palpatine in that kind of context. That was kind of right in the era where, you know, Lucas was writing some of this stuff and, and thinking of the ideas for like the prequels yeah. and things. So that was one administration that I know that he had a very, very big, big disdain for. But but you're right. I mean, like I talk a little bit about some of these traits. Like I think the biggest one that all these assholes have is is narcissism. They are they are pure 100 percent narcissists. Um, and until you like understand, like in, in this was, it, it was, it's a word I've always known, but I've really never understood what it really means. You know, you hear it thrown out, but then as you look at the components of what it actually means, it makes a lot of sense. And it makes sense why not that we're not that I'm excusing anybody's actions. Everybody's accountable for their own actions, but you understand why people are the way they are. Yeah. And you understand that some people cannot be reasoned with. And some people we're, are always going to put themselves on a pedestal. They're going to they're going to kick you to make themselves feel better. They're going to think that they're the only one that are doing anything about anything. They're going to think that they're the hero, but they're the villain the whole time. And that's you know that's Palpatine to to a T. Um, and just and like like you said, Fauci, anybody else in our world, just look at all of these people. They are all extreme narcissists. They they use exploitation. They use uh, manipulation. All all of these things they use to empower themselves beat down people and have an inflated sense of, of, of who they are. And, and the thing that drives them crazy is these conversations that we're having here. They can't understand why people like us who are, who are talking about this stuff, who are listening to these kind of conversations, don't, don't, don't also put them on a pedestal. That, that drives them absolutely batshit crazy. And that's why you see so much um, of, the, of, the, of the crazy psychotic authoritarian tactics that we've been seeing recently. I mean, just look at what um you know trudeau has been saying yeah. and the guy in, in france you know these people who aren't aren't vaccinated are basically not even citizens anymore like this and that's like just because they're they're not choosing to believe what you're saying which you're your pathological liars why would they believe what you're saying so narcissism i think is, is a very key trait that you see in in, in palpatine specifically in star wars in, in every single world leader yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, what was fascinating to watch was uh, through the course of, of the, the prequels was the, the transformation of Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. Of course, it's one of the main themes that runs through and it's one of the main storylines that goes through that. And what you can, what you 
I mean, at its core, it's um, someone is so desperate to con for control, to control the, in his case, to control that his wife won't die, but he's got to have that control. And it, it make, it turns you insane. It yeah. turns you into a monster. The type of personality that would have to have that control is a type of personality that can't be reasoned with. And so once he makes that transition from that little kid who's in the speeder races, you know, he becomes, it becomes a much darker, a much darker energy. And, and it, and it all comes down to, I mean, it comes down to needing that control. And since yeah. I wrote a book about control, I'm always sort of, it brings <laughs> yeah. me back to that. And, and it shows, you know, I always think about how much horror has been unleashed on this world in the name of control. Yeah. And the the main character Darth Vader you know the who became this legendary character was made that way because of his desire to control everything right yeah and 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 he um and you see the the irony in, in all of that and you know he he wanted this control he knew he knew he was more powerful than everybody else he knew it internally and it was and it was true you know they said his his you know his Jedi blood cell count was off the charts or whatever right. that, that, that shit was. Um, but you know, one of the fundamental things was he, at, at his core, he wanted to help save people from dying. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's the crazy part. He, he had visions of his mother dying. He wasn't able to save her. She died. He had visions of his wife dying. And he's like, listen, I'm not gonna let that happen again. She's going to live. She's going to have these, she's pregnant. She's going to have these kids. Things are going to be great. So in order to try to, to save that person, he kills all the Jedi, you know? So it's like, to, to, you know, you, you save one thing and kill 500 people. But in the end, he didn't even save her at all. She ended up dying and, and Palpatine told him that, listen, you're the reason she's dead, <laughs> you know? So it's like the, the twisted irony in that is that you just like we talked about the useful idiots is that you go along with this thing because you think you're going to, you got this reward and you think you got this reward at the end, but he didn't realize that he cannot have this relationship with his wife and this servitude to the dark side. They're, they're, they're exclusive things. You right. can't have, you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So yeah. one of those things had to go by the wayside. And, and it was the thing that he, that he did all those things to, to get and maintain. There's so many lessons in this. There's so many lessons. I mean, I think that people, can be dismissive of science fiction movies and, and or, or they can be like, oh, it's just for geeks and everything. For sure. There's definitely that component of it. I started watching Star Wars movies when the first one came out when I was five. So like imagine being five years old, seeing Star Wars. It broke my my brain. Right. I, I, I thought it was great. But now you now I watch it. I see a different version of it and these lessons in there like this, that that I mean, what a what a valuable lesson to to you know, the more you try to control, you know, there's even a line in there. The more I tighten my grip, the more star right. systems slip, yes. slip through it. Right. You know, yep. it's like the more you try to control something. Yeah. The, the, it just, that's not the way the universe works and you have yeah. to be aware of that. You wind up becoming yeah. something that you didn't want to be in order to yeah. hold on to something that you uh, right. were never going to be able to hold on to in the first place. A, a, 
a perfect analogy is if anybody um, has has seen like the Breaking Bad series. You know, this character he's he's dying of cancer, and he says, "Listen, I'm not going to be here forever. I, I'm I'm a school teacher. I need to find a way to make a shit ton of money so my family isn't going to suffer." So he he's a he's a chemist. He starts making meth and doing this and that. And throughout the whole series, that that's all he says. He's like, "Listen, you know, wife and kids, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you." In the end, they want nothing to do with him because he's a deranged psychopath, basically. Right. You know, so it's just a very important thing. You know, just think of like, you know, an abusive in a, in people in an abusive relationships like, oh, I don't want you talk. I don't want you going out of the house. I want you doing this. I don't want you that. Well, that person won't end up wanting to be with you anyways, because your your, your grip is so is so tightened. Right. And and I think, you know, when we talk about that crisis consent control, I talk about this towards the end of the book because I want to end it on, you know, a little bit of hope, you know, right. It's kind of a, right. you know, it's Star Wars, but it's also very dark, you know, showing how this thing, you know, goes to shit. You know, that crisis consent and the control, I will say, when you get into the original movies, I will say that is flipped um, uh, in, the, in the favor of the rebels. And, you know, the, the empire is the one, you know, in defense now, right? You know, there's a crisis that they have to deal with that somebody else is inflicting on them. So I, I, I think I always hold out hope of anything in our world that those things can be flipped. You know, they're, they're inflicting these crises on us now, but you know, I always hold out hope that this is going to be, this could be turned around and the crisis can be flipped on them. And then yeah. their Death Star, you know, gets destroyed. And I think that's one of the, the main uh, points of the, the original Star Wars movies is that, you know, they can, they can have, I think, the, well, I think the Death Star is a perfect analogy for the government overplaying their hand. You, you know, they, right. they, they didn't need to, to flex their muscle and just destroy a planet to piss off one person. You know, they, 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 they made a terrible, terrible decision that um, in, empowered the rest of the, um, the rest of the galaxy to say, what the fuck? What are you guys, what are you guys doing? These people didn't do anything to me. You, you just destroyed them on a whim. And then they're like, we're, we're going to band together and take you out. You know, right. so I think, you know, as much pressure as can be put on these people, they start making mistakes. And I, like I said, I kind of will always hold out hope that, you know, things could turn around and these people could could get their comeuppance in our world too yeah and every time the the empire is displayed in these movies it's very cold and dark and metallic and gray and mm -hmm. dystopian and yeah. devoid of love and, and and anything like that it's um it's a it's an interest so they 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 definitely symbolize this empire yeah. as being um you know like like a totalitarian regime that is that is yeah. not allowing expression even there's even like a kind of a transhumanist component to it as well um where you've got men dressed like robots you know with their yeah. with their armor on that um most people just assumed weren't even real guys in the first place probably all, yeah. you know most people probably thought they were robots to begin yeah. with and you find that it's this weird blending of man with robots and nobody looks very happy and yeah and you see you go well that's the world that these globalist maniacs envision for us that's the fourth industrial revolution that's the world economic forums dream for us we'll be living in these yeah. micro cities and they they want to run you know they want to run this whole whole operation they're they're starting to feel a whole lot like the galactic empire the world economic galactic empire forum yeah, yeah. Right? And, and you know what's really interesting uh, you mentioned a little bit ago about like the, the coldness of the empire and 
you know, there's an animated series that came out a few years ago called Star Wars Rebels, which talked about the lead up to, you know, episode four, New Hope, right, where these rebel cells are kind of starting to form and, and become what they you see in the movies. And there was a really, really great episode. And I didn't love the series, but there was a really great episode where um, and, and you see this kind of trope happen all the time where, you know, a, a rebel, someone from the rebel side and the empire side, they both crash landed on this planet and they had to work together to kind of right. figure out, you know, a way to get out of it. And, and they, and they did, and that stuff was kind of corny and whatever, but, but they worked together. And then at the end of the episode, the person from the rebellion went back to his crew and they were high-fiving and giving hugs like, Hey, we're glad to see you this and that. The Imperial officer goes back to his starship. Nobody says a word to him. He just goes back and sits in his quarters in, in complete silence. You know, there's, there's no, right. there's no um, happiness or gratitude for anything he's done or people happy to see him. There is just nothing there in, in de devoid of any emotion. And I think, I think a lot of those globalist assholes, they try to make, make, make it sound like their lives are so great, but I'm, I'm telling you, Charlie, and you probably agree with me. Their lives probably suck. They probably, they, they, I think they hate themselves, which is why they hate us. Probably. Yeah, I think there's a lot of trauma there with these people. I think they're all fucked up. Um, I don't excuse their behavior for that. And I know yeah. you don't either. But yeah, but 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 to be fair, I mean, you're you're looking at trauma based mind control, yeah. um, people that come from bloodline families, people that come from well connected military families there's a lot there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on we would we would be doing it a disservice if we pretended like that stuff wasn't a part of this now we we can debate how much of a part it it is but it's we're definitely yeah. talking about some broken ass people that are trying to run this planet and it seems like some of the the things that we see here in reality um were were also borrowed for the movies as well like things like psychopaths um moving up the up the ladder uh and being attracted to positions of power be that trade federations or uh jedi councils or wherever we start to see this this magnetism pulling in uh manipulative and psychopathic sociopathic uh, characters which are which are you know if you're making movies and writing books those are the characters you want because they're interesting um yeah. unfortunately we have them in real life running our our businesses and running our governments and 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 in charge of our policies so i'm just i'm just wondering i mean they I don't know who borrowed it from whom, you know, I mean, it seems like uh, psychopaths in positions of power is just kind of a, a known and accepted thing, even in the galactic empire, or even in a galaxy far, yeah. far away. Yeah, I mean, everything that, you know, everything you see on the screen, everything that any director puts, anything that any author puts in a book, you know, they live and breathe in this world that we're in right here, Charlie, and, you know, they they like, like like you mentioned earlier like they see that one asshole like that that's the guy that i want to portray in the movie in, in the movie because that's the kind of psychopath that that is ruining my life you know and that's ruined ruined countless other other people's lives and you can't you sometimes can't uh, differentiate the two there, there's such a there's such a, a blend there of, of reality and in science fiction and you know sometimes you know i get a little 
off-put when people consider Star Wars to be science fiction because I, I personally, I don't really, I consider, like you mentioned earlier, I consider it more in the vein of like, you know, Greek, Egyptian, Roman mythology. Yeah. You know, it, it just so happens to take place in space. And, and you know, it, that really, you know, and people say like, oh, you, you, if you like Star Wars, you must believe in the space and all this stuff. I mean, it's like, to me, that, that really, anymore, that really has no significance to me. I'm looking at the underlying story. You know, it could take place in the in a, in a desert here it could take place you know down down the street you know there's a you know a new star wars series that came out where it showed you know a band of rebels you know chasing after this hover train in the desert i'm like that's just like a, a horses fight going on an old train robbery in the old west you know so right. it's just it, it's it's just putting it in a different in a different way and you know the technology and stuff that's that's kind of cool whatever lightsabers hyperspace all this kind of stuff it, it's it's cool but really to, to me anymore that's really not any any part of the story. I mean, there's there's an there's an underlying um, story that I think we need that that should be focused on. And honestly, you know, I I kind of feel like there was a some kind of conspiracy against the, the prequel movies that, that as we've been talking about because you know like like you mentioned we've been talking about like I didn't catch a lot of this stuff you know on first viewings of these films. A, a lot of the stuff you hear about the prequels, if you just go out into the public and say like, hey, what do you think of the Star Wars prequels? They'll be like, oh, Jar Jar Binks, he was terrible. It was, it was stupid. Right. The right. Acting was terrible. The green screens, this and that. And again, I mean, they're valid criticisms, but I, I think that there may have been, and there's no way to prove this at all, but but there, there may have been some mainstream push to like, listen, we have to give a scapegoat to this movie for people to talk about because Lucas is hitting it too close to the mark here with, with where he's going with these stories. It's too close to things that have happened in the past and what we want to do in the future too. So, right. <laughs> so, so God forbid people start digging into this kind of stuff because it's, and, and I think, and I think Lucas's saving grace was that to a certain extent, he kind of worked outside the Hollywood system. I mean, he had a lot of big Hollywood friends, but those prequel movies, he financed them all himself. He didn't get any dollars from anybody else. He put millions of dollars up, up to make those, which allowed him to put a lot of that stuff in there that you probably wouldn't have seen if, if it was a true, true, true Hollywood production. Now, I'm not saying that Lucas is, is immune to a lot of the terrible things that happen in Hollywood and, and, you know, those kind of people. He has a lot of friends that have done very terrible, terrible things. You know, I, Steven Spielberg, look into his past. He's a, he's a, he's a ter terrible, terrible thing. He's a monster. Yeah. So I'm not going to excuse any of that stuff, but I, but I feel like he was able to have a little bit of a leash to, to put more in these stories than Hollywood really would have liked him to. He had his sound studio. He had his uh, Skywalker Ranch. He had he was he was outside of out of the system as much as you could be. He could do a lot right. of the the stuff his on his own. He had license, you know, the toy licensing deals made him billions of dollars, and um, you know, so he was not dependent on them for money. He had stupid money from yeah yeah. So he could he could do whatever he wanted. It it put yeah. You know, it's an interesting idea about the about that being um, sort of the the prequels being downplayed a little bit. I mean, like, yeah, he he, he you know, I think that's where I learned about the concept of false flags was from George Lucas for these movies. You know, where you you see the idea of governments acting in a way that is. Uh, where they say they're doing one thing for their people, but they're actually doing something else. And it's such a simple concept, but to a lot of people, they've never even considered that, that their government yeah. might be lying to them, like might not be 
up front with them like to yeah like because yeah. they just they're just good people and they just don't their brain doesn't go there but like now all of a sudden they're going wait a second so you're saying the government could like to tell their people one thing and then do something totally different behind their back and and in you see it in the movies it's delivered as like entertainment sticks in somebody's brain and next thing you know they're like you know i bet our government has thought about doing something similar to that you yeah. know what I mean? you, you, right? yeah so, ab- so maybe ab- that's ab- what's going on ab- absolutely and um yeah and i think you know i'm in the i'm in the vein of you know they put, I think there's, they hide more of this truth stuff in the movies than they put in our mainstream news every night. You know, I think you're able to glean more um, about what's really going on when you look at this kind of stuff than, than what CNN is going to tell you. I'll, I'll be, I'll tell you yeah. th- th- that. And like talking about, you know, false flags, one, one of the biggest ones, and, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, as, as we're recording this, it's around the anniversary of, you know, the whole January 6th thing, right? You know, the yeah. worst event in, in human civilization. Yeah. And in, in Revenge of the Sith, you know, thoughts and prayers to to the to the 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 millions that died that day um (laughs) but uh you see at the end of the prequel trilogy the jedi finally at the end of the day they're like oh you know i think we i think i think the the emperor is corrupt i think he's being controlled by the dark side so they go to confront him and the emperor ends up killing them all and then but he ends up with these scars on his face after he brutally attacked and murdered all them but then he goes (laughs) <laughs> he go he goes before the senate no no different than aoc crying about how 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 you know she was you know seconds away from death you know and and he goes up and says look and look the, the jedi uh, they attacked me i'm disformed deformed and disfigured and all this and then and then in his next breath he's like you know to combat this we just need to if we just turn the republic into an empire and kill the jedi everything's going to be okay like we just need to elect one dictator for life and, you know, that will solve all the problems. I mean, look what they did to me. Look what they did to me. This is terrible. And, you know, it, it's just with that provocation there that, you know, it, it turns into a, a dictatorship. Yeah. And, you know, you, 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 see, you see very, very similar shades of, of what happened early, early 2021 as far as demonizing people who um, were said to have motives that, that they really didn't. And it was, a, it was kind of a huge a huge, you know, CIA, FBI operation. And what you realize is that none of this shit is new. These are like (laughs) old tricks. They're such old tricks they've been written about. They've made movies. They've put these tricks in the movies and all this stuff. People are like, January 6th, man, it was, uh, it it was crazy. These people walked into a trap. It's like, of course they did. What the fuck did you think was going to (laughs) happen? This, you know, or the other side is, is also, the people that are like oh it was an insurrection and and it was like 9-11 i'm like you are not a serious person if you were trying to make a comparison between this and 9-11 like go fuck yourself this is that's yeah jibber jabber (laughs) i mean like this was a bunch of larping retards out there on a tour of the capitol building they like yeah yeah the cameras they like went through the stanchions there was like photographers and everything there I, i it looked like they were on a tour Right. There's a great quote from um, I, I hope it was a real I hope it was a real tweet from from Norm McDonald. I saw a screenshot of it. He said he, he's like, you know, he's like he's like, God bless these insurrectionists who who really abided by those velvet ropes. Right. As they were walking through the, through the Capitol and you right. see the video and that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just it's embarrassing because because when when people get all up in arms about that and it's it's a nothing 
it's like there's nothing really there uh it makes me just it makes it hard for me to take them seriously when they're talking about other stuff that's uh you know like if you think that january 6th was like pearl harbor then i'm i no longer care what your opinion is about just about anything like yeah i don't know i don't want to i don't want to know what you, i don't know what you want to think about omicron i'm sure you think it's like the, the black death right I'm right sure right. it's it's so funny it's that uh um it's funny that like you said that there's there's the part in the star wars movies where where it's the media that's telling them uh you know to be you know listen we're we're losing the war we're losing the war and what you yeah. realize is that like whether that's here on planet earth or whether that's on you know in a galaxy far far away if you've got that media component yes and you you can use it against the public to get them to believe something that isn't true they know that there yes. you know they understand that is important there and maybe that's just it, yeah. us exporting it you know what i mean but but like you just think about it it's like that's a concept that's never going to get old whoever has the ability to talk to all the people whether it's the preacher or the media or the the town crier or whatever whoever has the ability to get the most people to hear them that person becomes an important person to control yeah <laughs> look at i mean it's very it's very 1984 right i mean Oh, we're in war with East Asia. No, 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 I'm sorry. We've never been at war with them. We're at war with West Asia over here. No, no, no. You don't, don't ever say we're at war with them. If you say that, you're lying. You know, we were never, that has never happened before. These people are the enemies over here. And like you said, if the people that have that mouthpiece, uh, just, because the, just because they have that mouthpiece doesn't mean everything that comes out of their mouth or anything that comes out of their mouth is the truth. Just like they say, like the person in a room or a debate that's the loudest just because they're the loudest or they use the most big words or, or they swear at you more or they're, they're, they're more demonstrative in their, in their language, that does not necessarily mean that they're, that they're right. And in most cases, they're probably flailing because they're losing the conversation. Right. It's, 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 I think we all just need to be very cognizant of that when we're, when we're talking to people. Just because somebody has a louder mouthpiece doesn't mean that they're right. Yeah, we're getting... Um we're getting people they're trying to manipulate us into uh feeling a certain way the uh the the media is doing that and they're capturing some people and then those people get their brains reprogrammed and they start trying to capture you that's why yeah. they, it's it's been a fascinating uh fascinating to watch the with the vaccine people that are like got two shots and my booster and got COVID, thank God I got all my shots or it would have been a whole lot worse. That yeah. whole lane of people, that's a fucking weird group to me, man. That's, yeah. And I'll tell you what, like a cult. And, you're, and I, will, I will say on the flip side of that, I've been here talking to a lot of people recently that I, that I work with, that I know, family, friends that are, that are in that same boat. They, they did this, they did that, they did this. And they're like, listen, why, why am I still doing this? They're, they're like, they're like, what? Like, I had somebody tell me the other day, like, I might as well just, just get a mild virus and be over it at this point. Like, why do I need to get a six month booster? And I'm like, control. It, it, it's, it's control. Even if, even if all this stuff did everything it was supposed to, it's just, it's just all about control. It's all about we're the, we're the hamsters in the wheel. They're watching us. They're, tr they're looking at the numbers. You know, how many people are complying? How many people aren't? 
It's a giant. It's a, like, we all know this. It's a giant science project to them for compliance. <laughs> we're the we're the rats. Yeah, yeah. Well, where can people find the book? Sure. Um, yeah, Charlie. Thank you. I, I appreciate you so much for you uh, doing the forward to it. I, it, oh, was, it, was it was great. Was, I, it was fun. I, you know, I'm such. I'm a Star Wars geek. I don't even hide it. I love it. I love it. I love it all, I and love I love it. that you've you've made it all more like of a connection for me to uh, to bring two things that I like. You know, I like <laughs> I like a good conspiracy, and I like these Star Wars movies, and uh, and to to have the realization that they have a lot of. If it was a Venn diagram, there's a lot of overlap between the yeah. two things has been fascinating for me and yeah. your um your podcast the conspiracy and the force is fucking amazing well and, thank you and, and, and it's 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 weird you know the, the weird thing is that you know it, it's it's a weird you know niche of people that kind of are are into these kind of things i'm talking about because you have on one side uh you know conspiracy people who a lot of them hate Disney. A lot of them hate the Hollywood. So like yeah. some people get turned off to that just because I'm talking about, and on the other side, you have people who are just into star Wars who I'm, I'm telling you what, Charlie, anybody listening, like go, go, go check this out. If, if anybody out there is on Twitter, go to the official star Wars uh, Twitter page, look at any post that they did, go into the likes and just start scrolling through the profiles it is the most woke shit you will, you will ever see. You will see more pronouns. You will see more hashtags. This movement, this movement, none of, none, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's kind of makes me sad that not, none of those people who are into that are really understanding some of the themes of these movies. And they love the yeah. prequels too, but they're not. So, so anyway, so there's a, a contingent of Star Wars people who aren't into the conspiracy stuff, but, but, you know, Charlie, like you, like a lot of people that I've, that I've known and have been talking to over these past few years um, are able to, acknowledge and appreciate both of those things in a similar context so i definitely um appreciate that so so yeah you can find the podcast it's called conspiracy in the force um anywhere you you get your podcasts um on rockfin uh youtube and twitter and instagram at conspiracy underscore kyle and it's conspiracy with a k so i don't get banned <laughs> <laughs> that's good and, and, strategy. The, and, and the book is on amazon and you Charlie, you said you'll you put it in the in the show notes i'm gonna put a, yeah, I'll put a link link to it in the show notes so people can find it there uh awesome. get, and get, i will get, say too i'm 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 fin oh, sorry about that i'm i'm finishing up the audiobook version uh, of of the of the book as well so um stay tuned to my social media for when that's complete i'm, I'm doing it all myself so it's taking a little bit a little bit of time, but I'm hoping to put out a really, a really cool product here soon. So thank nice. you everybody. Thank you, Charlie, so much for having me. This has been great. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. This is, um, I like, I always like to geek out with you about this. So if you like this episode, you can share it with your friends and family. Um, the website is the octopus of My Twitter is at macroaggression. And I will talk to you all soon.